Hello, this is uh, Brandon Graham, and I'm here with Becca Tobin at a, at a coffee shop in, in uh, Mount Pleasant, Vancouver. Hello. It's a very kind of impromptu Ingstead's talk. Um, I had just returned from a convention, and uh, it was ill-equipped, but then remembered that I was supposed to talk to Becca, and, and uh, it's either it would be fun to just kind of see what happens if we, uh, if we go to a coffee shop and get smoothies. I'm drinking the... Um, I'm drinking a banana and a blueberry yogurt smoothie. Yeah, and I'm drinking a banana and avocado smoothie with soy milk. And I've kind of got brain freeze. I just like drank too much in one that, go. Was over ambitious. I had that explained to me what that is. The other oh, day. did you have you never? Did you never hear? Or is it called something else? No, I mean yeah. the, what what causes brain freeze? Oh yeah, how does how does it? I, this is this is told to me in a van in front of a comic store, so oh. that's my science. Were you inside the van, or was it like a person drove up? Yeah, no, I was, I was inside the van. Okay. It, was, like, it was a friend of mine telling me this, but um, yeah, essentially it was um, the ur. He was telling me the the cold constricts the um, the, the your your throat, and that causes the blood in your brain to to halt or rush in. I think. Oh, ooh. Oh, that's weird. I'm sure someone listening to this is shaking their head. Yeah, know, yeah, that's like some that. scientist listening and just being like, that's not how it works. I've heard that if you put the tongue on the roof of your mouth, it stops it. But really? I'm trying it. I just tried it, and I don't know whether it did stop it. Hmm. Maybe it makes it go away quicker. Right. I feel like yeah, it warms hopes. something up somehow, but I don't know. No. Anyone out there knows how frame freeze works. I don't know. Yeah, travel back in time yeah. and tell us. Yeah, come this. come to this coffee shop and <laughs> we'll be here. Um, um, so earlier I was going, we were, we were exchanging each other's sketchbooks here, and I noticed that you had a, a you're you're playing D and D recently. Yes, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. What was your what was your class? 
Um, I was a magic user. Nice. Um, I was just I was crashing my friend's um, D and D group for the day, so um, I was a new I was a new character. I was like a druid magic nice. user. Are we talking human druid? Um, he was a human, yeah, but like a short human. Okay. Um, I mean, he's not a halfling or anything. Right, like that. but he's like he could he can hang out with some halflings and not intimidate them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'd be like on a similar level. Um, yeah, and he has he has a uh, companion who's like a big kind of hog or thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Babe in the Blue Ox. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> So, uh, what brought you to, to Vancouver? Um, I came here for um, Bancaf, so nice. uh, yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago, maybe now, must have been a um, week or so, two weeks ago. And yeah, yeah and then I just hung out because I know people in town and stuff. And it's a nice town. Oh, is there, it's a good. Qualify, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should qualify the Bancaf as a local. Oh, yeah. Kind of, it's like a baby tea cap almost here. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. It's like the. Like local kind of comic show. I don't know whether there. I mean, maybe there are others. I think there are others in Vancouver for sure. But there it's, are, it's but the it's indie very comic. Specific, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I was over there, and then yeah, it's a good town to hang out with in, in the summer. And like I hung out last year, sort of loving around. So doing the same this year, really, and nice. um, staying for a couple of extra weeks after the show. And yeah, I did TCAF as well. So I um, was over in Toronto for a little bit. Um, to did, do you, that. did you notice a big difference between yeah. those two shows? Um, well, I think TCAP is like it's much bigger. Like it's always like it's always like the big busy show, whereas Vancouver is definitely feels like a little bit more local kind of uh, and like local to like the northwest. Like I think people come up and down a lot uh, to see it, um, whereas TCAP seems to. I think they they always push like the like international kind of oh, show right, vibe. Japanese creators. Yeah, too. yeah, and they have, they tend to have some European creators around as well. Um, they had, uh, I can't remember her name now, but the woman who 3D printed her vagina into a canoe. Oh, yes. I can't, she was there. I can't remember uh, her name at all. I no, I can't. Um, I, I don't think it's with an R, but I cannot remember it. But Yeah, once you kind of 3D print your vagina into a canoe, that kind of precedes you. Yeah, it's like, oh, she's the vagina canoe person. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, because I think she had a book out with Koyama this year. Right. And so she, she was there to do a signing. She had a lot of legal problems. Yeah, she right? did. I think she just got convicted of obscenity, I think, in like just before coming over. But she got in fine and everything, which is good. I think they were worried about that. That's but. so surreal. I wonder what the... Any idea what the kind of punishment is? For I don't know, actually. I need to look into it. Like, it's really interesting. I want to... Like, I didn't pick up the uh, book... Um, when I was over there, but I kind of want to Right, it's specifically it. bizarre because Japan also has all those, like, giant penis festivals and things. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's, like, like, I don't, like, can't speak exactly for, like, what her sort of part is, but I think that that's kind of what she's challenging. It's Maybe it's a like, zoning thing. Maybe we've got it all wrong and we think it's some kind of sexism, but they're just like, look, we keep our giant <laughs> fake genitals on dry land and you're taking them to the water. Yeah. That is, that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is Neptune's domain. <laughs> Yeah, there are no no genitals existing whatever. Like, yeah, I also really like the idea that there would be a little man inside of a boat that is actually a like a vagina euphemism. That oh, is actually yeah. a, a little man inside a boat that is actually a vagina. Oh boat. shit! Yeah, like I mean, I guess all boats are kind of vagina shaped, right? Like, yeah, they're all like kind of on the same spectrum. <laughs> Sorry, there's a police car just went by. And coming to stop us. Was, yeah, just, just coming in. They're breaking in. They're like, hey, so what's what's going on? Did you have to pick up much stuff at TCAP and Vanka? Um, Did I pick up much stuff? Um, I'm just trying to think now. I did, um, and I cannot remember uh, what it is. So I need to, like, I need to go through. I, I picked up, you know, Mario Domo's new book. Oh, yeah. Um, he's just done a book, and I think that, that's been my favorite thing that I've read. Um, late bloomer. You should all nice, yeah. should all take a look at it. It's really beautiful and like it's like a hundred pages or something, and it's little like it's like a tiny book. It's like like half of that kind of. Okay, so like just like two inches by two inches. Yeah, it's like it's like a pocket sized book, and it's really beautiful. It's just like poetry and stuff like that, and that was really good. I was like looking forward to that coming out, and that was that was like my. Thing and, and he was selling it himself there? No, no, um, it was with Retrofit, so Box Brown. Oh, cool. Was... Have, you, have you met Mari yet? Um, I have never met Mari, uh, uh, but I know him through... Store, uh, oh, cool. In, in, very close to us, in, in, mm-hmm. in a nearby 
in nearby very nearby country. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's, he's in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's like that's only like an hour away from here, isn't it? Or like four, but oh okay. <laughs> but that's on track. I always assumed it was like really close. Well, I was just in Seattle this morning. So oh I, oh really? Oh wow, that that's jet setting. Just yeah, like, not to brag. But. No no. <laughs> I'd like to. I don't know very much about Seattle apart from like Fraser lives there, and they have Starbucks as well. Um, a fish market. They got a big fish they market. They have fish market. Um, Bruce Lee is buried there as well as his oh, son Brandon Lee. Wow. His first dojo was there. That's crazy. I did not know Bruce Lee was a Seattle yeah, guy. Uh, Jimi Hendrix is from a nearby city of Renton. I've been to the Jimi Hendrix shrine. Oh here. yeah, because he lived up here for a while too. Yeah. Is that, yeah. I was trying to work that out. I wasn't entirely sure. Like I went and found it because I saw a sign for it like last year when I was here um, but I still wasn't it wasn't entirely clear as to why there was one in Vancouver but that makes sense if you lived here yeah because you know it's like jet setters like me and Jimmy are turning yeah are you and Jimi Hendrix going between Seattle and Vancouver Yeah. Oh, so, what, have you been able to work on on your comics while you've been in town? Um, yeah, I've done. I've been doing some paintings and stuff. Um, I haven't like I kind of just wrapped up sort of like my projects for TCAF um, and sort of the shows. So those were self-published. So I've been kind of like I mean taking a break by doing paintings, which is kind of like I guess the other like side of what I do right. as well. I think I have a. I don't know whether this is like this isn't good for like anyone listening to the podcast, but I can show you a picture. Of We're gonna like, have it's, it will do a visual, yeah, an auditory painting. Yeah, yeah. Because like, your comics are they, you've done you do watercolor comics. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do watercolor painting. So like, is that ever a worry for you and how it prints? Um, kind of. It's like I feel like I've only just sort of in the last couple of years I did that one as well. The other day, just I, I, mean, I was I was looking at kind of wondering who you who you regard as your contemporaries. Oh shit! Um, I don't know. I guess just like other cartoonists yeah. is right. Like I mean, I'm still like pretty. I'm pretty young in like the cartoonist scene. So shit, I'm just trying to think who I'd like regard contemporaries as like people on the same level. Yeah, right? yeah, or yeah. even like the work that you. Feel like your work is re- is is kind of playing with almost. Oh, interesting. I don't know if that's the right use of the term, but no, no. I I'm just trying to think about like that kind of stuff. I feel like I mean I think I'm influenced a lot by kind of like like stuff that isn't necessarily comics all that much. Like I was almost so... thinking this might be completely off base, but I was almost thinking almost like a fairy tale. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I like like kind of fantasy, like like kind of fantastical stuff, I guess, and like surreal stuff. So like, I look at like fine art quite a lot when I'm doing things. Um, and like surrealist painters and like, oh, I can't remember now what her name is, but she's famous Japanese artist. She does like all those like, like dot work and like really like vibrant colors. Um, I cannot remember her name. Um, but yeah, I look at like, lots of stuff which is like color and sculptural mm-hmm. stuff. Like I like, have you seen Two Trans work at all? I don't think so. She like, she did like um, a bunch of like kind of um, like episodic kind of TV stuff like a while ago. It's like Food Party. I don't know if you've heard of it at all. It does sound But she does like like puppetry and stuff like that. Like lots of like weird kind of like textural stuff and. Um, also, I'm just trying to think, like, I've got to, like, think through who else I like. So why, looking at fine art, why, 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 do, why drives you to do comic books? I, I think it's weird because I think I, like, I look at lots of, like, like, painting and kind of that kind of stuff. But I really like, I just like comics. Like, I like drawing. I like, I like kind of being a bit more irreverent, I think. Like, I think a lot of fine art for me and, like, what kind of turns me off that scene it's like it's like very kind of like oh this is like yeah it's fine art it's not like um just kind of like i like how comics is like more lo-fi it's like easy to it's quite easy to like accessible like but like anyone to sort of do it especially indie comics um yeah i think you can be like weird and bizarre and like sort of just really have fun with it in comics and yeah i like storytelling a lot as well and like writing and stuff so it feels like uh, it feels like a natural kind of progression for me to sort of do that kind of stuff. But I guess yeah, I like I'm a fairly 
like, kind of, like I need to be doing lots of different things like all the time um, otherwise like, I get bored so like I'll often do yeah like kind of sculptory kind of stuff with my comics like for like the last couple of comics like my frontier that I did um, like the cover for that and the cover for my uh, new self-published thing I did for TCAP as well. Yeah, those Frontier books are fantastic. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was so much fun to... I would like to see them do a bad one. I don't think it's possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, just please. I, I feel like every single one has been, like, I love, yeah. I've loved all of the ones I've read. Um, yeah, it's really kind of surprising. I don't know why it's surprising. <laughs> it's I feel like Ryan is a really, like, Ryan Sands, who mm-hmm. is a publisher of them. He's, like, he's got, like, a good, really good sort of visual taste and also he's like a very easy person he was great to work with and stuff on it so yeah he co-edited a thickness anthology with Michael Ford that I was in and Mm -hmm. it was really pleasant to deal with those guys yeah no he's he's really sort of supportive and professional and yeah it was a really good experience it's it's very surprising people like like him and like Anna Koyama just doing making kind of ruining the good name of Comics being a shitty place to <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they're doing they're doing a really good job at making comics good <laughs> and like bringing interesting people to the fold and kind of uh, we should stop them yeah <laughs> like I don't want to stop Ryan because I mean he did he did put out my book yeah <laughs> I guess I guess you know maybe I will we'll see how it goes <laughs> so when you're putting together a book do you think of it as a finished project while you're working on it, or, or do you, is that kind of an afterthought? Uh, it's like an, I th- I'd say it's kind of an afterthought. I've been trying to think about it more recently, but like often I'll do, like I do a lot of short comics. I don't tend to do like a long form story that much. I think my Frontier one was like, that was like 35 pages maybe, and that was the longest comic I've ever done all the way through, uh, like the longest one story. Um, so often I'll like draw, um, sort of, you know, like, two or three comics, and then be like, oh, these can kind of go together. Or, like, try and fit things into kind of, like... Or, like, have a theme or something like that, or kind of, like, a vibe I want to push for in, like, a work. Um, like, um, yeah, yeah, no, so I feel like that's kind of more how I go about things, rather than, like, structuring... Like, I don't do very much structural work. Right. Um, do you feel like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Someone just, I think, just bashed on the window. I don't know what happened, but... We're living in dangerous times. Yeah. Still those police cars. There's, like, people bashing on the windows. This is, it's everything. I want, I want people to, I want to convey the idea that this is a, um, that we're essentially sitting in a coffee shop in Mad Max's Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is, this is a dangerous, it's a dangerous time. These are the last smoothies, smoothies on Earth. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're just, like, in the, just a desert. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where all this yogurt and milk came from. Yeah, it's just like one cow somewhere behind us. One cow and one soy plant that are just... Mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> like just piercings and uh-huh. it's here. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like, I've been thrown off now. Yeah. But we'd um, have a cool brand as well, like like how cows are branded. It would have like... Would just a, be the anarchy symbol? Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. that really reminds me of a completely nonsense, horrible, stupid story that I can... Oh. Waste everyone's time. <laughs> That's great. I love um, it. I once got dragged to a music store, and I was so unhappy about it until I wandered around and found a thing called Anarchy Cowbell, oh. which is a real product they made that's just a cowbell with an anarchy symbol. Oh my god! So would you just use use that in your your punk band or whatever? Like, I would that... like I would like it as a way to shame a kind of um, if you had a, if you had a teenager yeah. that was really like <laughs> acting out. And you just gave them an anarchy cowbell. Oh they would probably be the quietest ever because it's like yeah. how it could, it makes noise uncool. Yeah, that is that's like the un, <laughs> like the un, if your like parents gave you your your anarchy yeah. cowbell and you just like, oh god no I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm going out and buying a bolo tie. <laughs> oh my god. Or you could use it to like signal anarchy is about to happen. Like if you if you had it and you were like now you know it's like a kind of gavel. Kind of bang through the kitchen, just like anarchy time. <laughs> time to give the cows mohawks. Yeah. <laughs> Spray paint Soy a plants. few cows. Yeah. Um, also, I want the cow to be in kind of. Um, you ever seen the movie Top Secret? It's kind of, no, I haven't. Um, anyway, it's not not particularly worth tracking down, but it has a cow costume these guys wear that has 
that wears rubber boots. Oh, that's pretty cool. So I want that cow to have those rubber yeah. boots. Yeah, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that. We're gonna this is really getting off. Yeah, I'm so yeah, I feel I feel like <laughs> we got we got some tangents in here. So so initially, like um, what what's your kind of early early relationship with, with your own art? Oh, um I feel like I I mean I've been drawing sort of like as long, you know, it's like like everyone, I'm, I've been drawing as long as I can kind of remember being um, sort of around. Um, I've really like started drawing seriously. I went to university, but I didn't do art. I did ancient history and I was like a bit of a shitty student. Like I didn't, I pretty much immediately realized that I kind of didn't want to be doing that, but didn't drop out or anything. Cause it's like, I was, um, in the if I had dropped out, like the tuition fees are about to go up in the UK, so it'd have been really right. expensive for me to go start something again. What city you were in? Um, I was in Scotland, okay. um, um, in Glasgow, um, and yeah, because I was an English student studying in Scotland, it's like half the price. So it was like kind of like easy to easy reasons to stay, and like I had friends there and stuff. I like so. the idea of being an English student and not being an English. It was weird. Yeah, it's, it's like I mean, Glasgow is a really in, kind of like a strange city to be in as an English person because like like English people aren't very popular in Scotland. Oh, like, certainly not. Yeah. Is that something that's still very felt? Yeah, I'd say so. I think especially in Western Scotland. So like Edinburgh has quite a lot of English people, whereas Glasgow is like, I'd say predominantly a Scottish population. Did you go to Scotland kind of wary of that reputation? No, I was like, I mean, I was like 18 when I went. I basically applied like for like I met some people at a music festival who were in Glasgow uni and they were like oh you should apply and I did and that was like the only place that gave me a um an offer so I kind of went up there with like no I'd never been to Scotland before I'd like I was from like the south like about six hours away um yeah so I just kind of went down there to up there to see what it was like and ended up um sort of staying um and I stayed for like a year or so after I finished my degree as well. Okay. Uh, do, do you feel like you got it? Do you feel like your degree was a good choice? I think so, yeah. It's, it's like, I thought about it a lot, and I think when I was a student, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, fuck this, you know, like I just drew comics all day and like skipped a lot of classes, and you know, it was just kind of like a rude, rude team. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you with your anarchy cowboy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and... Um, but now I'm like a bit older, I think it was like, you know, it's like a lot of, I did a lot of reading. Um, uh, I studied abroad for a year as well. I was in the US and like did some like painting kind of classes oh, nice. when I was over there. I did like an elective in like painting. What part of the US did you go to? Um, North Carolina. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I was over there for... I spent some time there too. It's, it's an interesting place. Like I've never been, again, I've never been to America. I, had you seen cotton before you went there? No, no, I hadn't seen cotton before. I'd seen like tobacco before but I hadn't seen there were lots of tobacco fields around there. I didn't Not see so, any tobacco fields oh really, really oh that's weird I don't know what the like the general makeup of I know that there's cotton in the south and yeah. tobacco for sure uh, tobacco fields don't have the bad rap of cotton fields no yeah tobacco fields are like like they're still kind of like you're like it's you know a little yeah. bit bad but cotton fields are like Ugh. yeah because <laughs> the after product there's not a lot of um, tobacco gets much more of a bad rap once you once you yeah once it. you've made it into something rather yeah. than whereas cotton is like the opposite I guess yeah that's true has a bad history I think yeah um, nobody's just like oh gotta really get off these cotton sheets <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah no I I was so yeah I was down in uh, yeah and no, I think overall like my degree was a good kind of thing it taught like I feel like being exposed to like other forms of art and storytelling right, and like thinking about sort of the world that like we were in and stuff from the point of view of like kind of looking way back in history and stuff uh, it kind of it was I feel like it's become kind of more something that I think about I think as I'm older and like so yeah Gosh. I'm like I'm, did you have any any specific uh Kind of stories from history or eras that you um i did like ancient greece and rome oh, so nice. i did a lot of like homeric stuff that was like my main um thing that i kind of focused on like the thing that i was most into um it's weird i haven't ever really done any like history kind of comics or anything yeah. like that like i've never i think i like doing stuff like kind of 
like abstracting stuff a lot. Um, so no matter what I do, it tends to be fairly like I did a comic for Hazlitt um, called Skunk and Boy that was kind of based off of like the Odyssey a little bit, but like probably not in a like it was not super obvious, but it's like about like a skunk and a boy who go down to the underworld um, and like kind of do like a sort of it's like a weird purgatory story I guess okay. um, and that I was kind of thinking about like underworld myth and like like the Orpheus and Eurydice yeah yeah and like um, Odysseus um, goes down to like um, like consult um, like a dead um, not oracle but like kind of like that kind of right. deal like in the underworld like there's a lot of that kind of thing where like people just kind of head down to see someone um, and yeah I wanted to kind of take bits of that so I guess that's probably the closest I've gotten to uh, use it I guess using like something specific that I studied as sure. like stuff but a lot of stuff I think is more like just life <laughs> life stuff that what, I've... what kind of art were you studying in Carolina? Um, it was weird. It was like, so it was, it was like, I think it was like painting 101 or something. It was like a real, um, sort of just kind of, it was essentially you turned up in, in your, like into a studio and you kind of just got to paint whatever you want. Like the, um, professor was like, he was like, he was old. He was like 90 years old or something like that. And kind of just like, he wasn't checked out, but he also was just kind of like, oh, you know, his philosophy was very, like, just do whatever you want. It's art. Right. You can just go for it. So I'm not going to be here when you finish this class. Kind of, yeah. And it was weird because he, um, I think I had, like, an SBX bag. I went to SBX, like, that year. It was okay. the only time I've ever been. Um, and he, I think it was, like, a Dan Klaus picture or something on it. And he was like, oh, do you like comics? And then just lent me, like, lots of Linda Barry books and, like, Klaus books and, like, a lot of, like, North American cartoonists that like, hadn't really come across like my like I never I read like European comics as a kid and stuff like Tintin and like Asterix and stuff but I never come across sort of like like yeah Klaus and um what about Linda Barry right, and right. like those kind of guys um how did you like that stuff I, I did I like I still really like Linda Barry's work a lot like I think it's something I think about all the time she's fantastic I met her very briefly at, yeah uh, I went to a talk by her last teacher and it was great I loved it yeah um, I, I like how much she looks like that monkey she draws. yeah on. yeah no it's so good like she's so I feel like all her stuff is very expressive and like simple but it like works so well <laughs> sorry that's like Something going on. This is a, a, uh, a chip style cop. This uh, uh, cop a car directly in front of us. Oh my god, yeah. This is the <laughs> streets. This is such a good. Oh, it's a limo as well. I'm sorry to like pull off on a tangent. It was just like. It's a limo doing it on Mad Max Desert. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's getting out money? She's gonna bribe the cops? Yeah, you have to, it's the only thing you can do. Oh. Yeah. I like how large the cop's helmet is in relation to his head. Yeah, it is very big. And also, have you seen his giant motorcycle as well? Like, that's a yeah. big, big motorcycle. He's just like this tiny little man inside of all of this. You could take away the man and the motorcycle and the uniform, which <laughs> yeah. would be a blue. Yeah, you'd be like a little, just a sort of regular sized, yeah. like just pile of clothes. Yeah. Yes, this is the picture we're painting here. It's like this. He's got something that almost looks like a, a traffic cone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got like tucked into his like utility belt. He's got like an orange kind of. Would you call it a baton? Yeah. Like it's kind of like a. Co it is cone shaped though. Like it looks like you couldn't hit someone with that. Yeah. Maybe it makes a noise. I feel like it could make a noise, like a whistle. What, what do you think he's from the future? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's a future cop. It's just like a laser baton. It's like, or a Vuvuzela or whatever. He's cool. doing a great kind of pantomime of just like, eh, it's a living. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a lot of like shrugging and kind of, oh, and yeah, he's doing the text. Sorry, this is like, I feel like Robin is going to be going through this, this audio oh, later. Yeah. Oh, he won't know. <laughs> oh. He's Instagramming this entire arrest. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, boy. Anyway, anyway. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I feel like this is the advantage of actually having a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Out, out here in, in this madness, because we can jump around the world around us. Yeah, no, I think it's nice. I, I feel like, you know, it's like, oh, everyone likes comics, but the real, there's the real world. Yeah, there's the mean streets here. The too. mean streets, yeah. Um, 
So, so in your own work, you, you, we mentioned that we were talking earlier before we started recording about how you, you carry around watercolors with you. Yes, yeah. I like to be as like portable as possible. Like I've never had like a studio space or anything like that. Like I basically take around like that sketchbook and I have like just like a pad of like hot press paper as well, oh, like which I usually have something similar. Um, and then yeah, small watercolors and like a little jar or like a pot or something that I can fill with water and oh, that's nice. basically Do you feel like um, when you look back at the work, like if you if you look back at a comic you've done, does it does it kind of maintain the history of where you did it? Yeah, oh definitely, yeah. Um, I think, you know, when I look back at certain things, like I can remember exactly like where I was and like how, like how I was feeling as well, even if it doesn't like translate, I feel like I can be like, oh yeah, I was in this place doing like this thing and thinking about like the other things that were going on is that us oh, is that? <laughs> oh that's good um I, I like that i like i like the idea of art as a, as a time capsule yeah yeah i think it's interesting because i i kind of like like strive not to make it like super like i don't want it to necessarily feel like so intensely like like I don't do I do like journal comics in my sketchbook but like a lot of the stuff I do I want to exist as like a story in its own right so like but I like how it for me I can go through it and be like oh yeah like this comic I did when I was like living here and like this comic I did when I was like at this like when I was going to like a cafe a lot or whatever um and sort of being able to like in my own mind have some kind of like notion and like I feel like that probably like picks up into my work as well like I feel like when I'm in different locations like my style kind of will like it I feel like it absor- it's like permeates like what I'm doing oh, uh, cool. when kind I do it takes on where you're working on yeah absolutely <clears throat> does that um, become difficult if you're working on a, a longer form story of something where you have to change locations uh yeah I think it actually kind of is like I think it's um it's weird because I think the my style is like fluid and I kind of lean into that so like I don't necessarily I try not to be too precious about like continuity visually um Mm -hmm. like I sort of I think like the way I draw I specifically draw so that I'm not like oh this character isn't on model like I drew it in the first page or whatever um right and I think that helps but also it can be frustrating when I'm like oh you know I've been drawing in one very specific way because of like whatever factors have been in like kind of my work and then I will go to somewhere else and I'll be like, oh shit, like now I don't feel it anymore. <laughs> totally. I was I was thinking specifically of the story you did where the where the woman uh, leaves her body to go mm-hmm. looking for her friend that's been that's been stolen to be worn as a hat. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's the skunk boy uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah, no that one uh, that one I did I did half of it. I did the first instalment of that um, in Vancouver, okay. and then I did the second one back at my parents' house in, in England. Um, so I feel like, like thinking about them, I feel like one, like maybe it, I probably they don't actually look that different, but for me, like the like difference in reading the two parts that I was doing, like feels t- like totally different. It feels like a really different experience to be looking at those two. Is there a, is there a, did is it in the middle of a scene or was it at a break? It was at a break. So I did two installments of that on the site it was published on um and the first installment was like i drew i think i drew it all here um and then the second installment i drew when i was back home like kind of within i tend to like like when i'm because i like kind of like doing things as soon as i'm like fired up about them like you know i'll sit down and just do it in like a week or whatever and just like hammer out like like that i think is like my instinctive way of doing stuff is to do it all in one go that was really fun, and that the main character even um, changes form. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, do, I like doing that quite a lot. Like, I feel like uh, either like experimenting with yeah, like stuff like oh, you know, they're gonna like astral project or they'll right. transform, or even just like messing with how they look on the page. Uh-huh. Like um, for my new mini uh, um, teacup. Um, I was doing like a story and like the main character is like a, just a cat woman kind of thing um, and she like yeah she changed like I'd make her like tall and then make her like kind of short and it was like fun to like keep the symbols the same so like you know she'd always be like recognizable but try and like mess around like 
there aren't any necessarily any rules that mean that you have to keep the characters looking all the same all the time. And I like kind of messing around with that and like seeing, you know, does this still make sense? Like I don't want it to be like obtuse necessarily, but I want it to be like I want to kind of like make people work for it and like you know like make it interesting for me to draw as well. Well, certainly. Do you feel like that at all? If it, do you feel like there's any relationship in that and how you and how you perceive yourself? Oh, oh shit. I guess probably, like, I don't know, I think I'm a fairly, like, like, not like changeable person, but like, you know, I enjoy, um, I enjoy like having, like kind of hopping around different places and like doing lots of different things and, you know, like in all of my life, I think that that's kind of like how I like exist is through like lots of change and kind of lots of like not staying still all, all that much and like maybe that will change as I like get older or something maybe that'll like also reflect but I feel like a lot of yeah I guess like how how I perceive myself and like kind of allowing myself to sort of change and like accepting that that's like probably part of my personality that I'll always kind of have is to be kind of a fairly changeable person right do you feel like you draw yourself differently when you're in different locations oh that's interesting um, I don't think so, but I do when I'm feeling different ways. Like, um, I think that, like, especially with myself, it usually, like, again, I don't really have, like, a set way necessarily of drawing myself, but I think it's, like, I'm usually, like, a little stubby kind of, like, I draw myself just, like, a little weird scribbly, um, like, shade. Yeah, so the drawing, yeah. you these big sunglasses on. Yeah, like, I tend to draw myself just, like, like, kind of just really simply a lot of the time. Um, like, like, like in this in sketchbook here, uh, mm-hmm. Rebecca's got drawings that are um, you're, you're you're painting yourself with with like pink hair. Yeah, yeah, I, just I, because you use it was the color you had. Yeah, it was basically just the colors that I was using. Like I do a lot of like pinks and uh, greens and stuff. And yeah, like when I'm when I'm feeling like shitty or like annoyed, I'll just draw myself. Okay. I'll draw myself like a snake or whatever. A pissing like, monster. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of that. I think when I'm like. Like when I'm feeling kind of shitty or whatever, I just want to draw myself looking kind of like a wet snake. Like I feel like that's that's how I feel. So like yeah. Um, nice. Is it is that therapeutic at all? Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. Like it feels um, like I think often, especially when I'm like kind of annoyed about stuff, like my I mean it's like my integral Britishness is just to like hold <laughs> all that in and like I mean I guess Canadian. I feel like Canadian culture is kind of like similar in yeah, that way. Where does, it it's like, you, does it make you feel more British to be outside of England? Kind of, I think. Like it's weird um, because I like living in Scotland and like I mean I lived in Scotland for like five five years basically. And being in America now, when I go back to my hometown, no one can under, like my accent's all messed up. Like right. it's really so like no one necessarily recognizes me as from there, and like that's a really strange thing because I think it does feel like. Like it's much more easy for people to identify me as like from where I'm from mm. when I'm outside of the country. You've uh, gotten a citizen of the world accent. Oh yeah, yeah, it's weird, and I feel like I feel like sometimes people think like this is probably just my own like paranoia. I'm like, I think some people think I'm like putting it on or trying to be like interesting, and I'm like, it's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. Would it, be, would it be you putting on a British accent? To be interesting? No, no, like putting on like a weird like kind of like not anything accent, like because you know like people. Especially in the UK, we'll be like, oh, so you know, where, where are you from? And I'll be like, I'm from here. And I'll be like, oh, you know, like, it's like a very kind of like... I feel like there's an incredibly nerdy cliche of somebody pretending to be British as kind of a oh. cultured person. <laughs> I feel, I mean, I feel like that would be really funny. I don't think I've ever, I've never experienced that. But when I was in America, lots there, of people... There's a local person who does it. Oh we'll, 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 we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk, talk later. <laughs> Off but, air. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Is there is there an equivalent in England? Um, I think maybe I'm just trying to think. Like maybe either I feel like sometimes there's like American inflections. I think are probably it's almost like the opposite. I think some people kind of do that, but also I don't know whether there's a sim. I don't think it's like ex- I don't think it's a nerdy thing so much mm-hmm. as like like when someone's really trying to be cool and is like, it like a, certain, a tough guy thing. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. Like what? Maybe like a posh person thing. I feel like like people who are kind of like posh will sometimes do it and like just just kind of like have a little bit of that kind of americanism in there have you, have you developed um 
ways to make fun of people's accents where in, in cities you've traveled to? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, oh, like, I feel like, I don't know, I, I tend not to, like, make fun, but I can, you know, like, I can, I can do, I won't do a Canadian accent on this, but I, I mean, my Canadian accent, I think, probably sounds like I'm making fun of people when I'm doing I should, it. I should qualify that I'm an American. Oh, of course you are, yeah, but, yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm very much, uh, I'm an American that prefers Canada to where I was, where yeah. I was uh, raised. Mm-hmm. And, uh, America's yeah. like a, it's a strange country. Like, it's, it's a cool country, but there's like a lot of shit going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe any place that you, it, since it's the only place I know that well, yeah. it's certainly um, easy for me to, uh, to be harsh about it and yeah. to look at it and have it look like crazy bullshit but I definitely get like frustrated with Britain in the same way like there is stuff that work which I like will think about more just because it's what I'm like I've been growing up around oh, I think I've been saying I think I've been my entire understanding of the word chav is completely off oh yeah um, well, well what's your understanding of I it? thought it was um, I was I thought it was just like kind of trashy women no it's like it's kind of I'd say it's like it's definitely class related. Mm-hmm. It's usually to do with like if someone is like a working class person. It's I guess probably like the like American equivalent would be like white trash or something. Okay. It's kind of like essentially saying the same thing. It's like someone is probably working class or like of a lower class system who is therefore like undesirable in some way yeah. or like is more likely to be like criminal. Like the implication is that they're right. like kind of like rough and like un. un- likable people, I guess, yeah. is probably the best way to put it, but yeah, it's kind of like kind of a shitty thing to say, probably, yeah. if, um, but like, people like people do, you know, it's like, that's like with anything, people will say those kind of things. I like it out of context how um, completely oblivious I was to its meaning over here. Yeah, no, I feel, I feel like it's only really if you are sort of in the UK, maybe, that that is something that like you'd encounter kind of in another way. Um, and sort of like have a better um, like understanding of what it means like when you are actually there I think it's certainly yeah. did you go on Inkstux tour were you in Britain at all or did I, you what, the Inkstux tour didn't go to England but um, oh okay I, me and Robin have both went there separately. Oh, right, okay. I went yeah. to London and then Leeds. Oh, nice. Did you, were you at Thought Bubble? Or were you I was, just, yeah. Oh, nice. I was, was, was there at some point. Um, it's a really fun show. It's a good show. I like that show a lot. Yeah, and that was the first time. I stayed in a hotel there in, in London. Mm-hmm. That was, it was the fanciest place I'd ever stayed because my publisher um, put me up and he was staying in the same place. And it was so fancy that the bed was at an odd angle from the walls. Oh, very fancy. And I couldn't figure out how to work the shower to the point that I actually drew a diagram of it to show people later. <laughs> oh my god. And I've never, the other people, the other my, my friends that stayed in the hotel had no problems with their showers and I showed them the diagram. They're like, oh, that's weird. What, what, like, what kind of thing was it like? Uh, it had essentially like like a run of almost like cat nipples of this like oh. metal post in the middle that just shot out. I ended up kind of sitting what? in the bath and kind of getting, <laughs> getting sprayed by the... That's insane. That sounds like... Bizarre. That's so weird. That must be like a real fantasy shower. Yeah, just like... Shower, just like... People from that from that end of of, of the spectrum, they, they don't even bathe like the rest of us. Yeah, it's probably, they probably have people to watch yeah. them. <laughs> they probably have someone who just operates the catnival shower yeah. and it's just fine. Yeah, just like a... Just a Jeeves with a with a sponge on a stick that scrubs them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, um, how the other half showers. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like we're going very off. I don't know that we have a topic here. But no, no, I mean, I mean, I think this is good. It's like a good, good chat. I mean, um, like. Yeah, I, I feel like, I mean, I, I have only done one, one other podcast before, so I feel like I never really know. Oh, like, this is the one. This is, this is, like, I did this one in, do you know Dan Barry at all? He's like, he does a UK-based podcast. No, I don't think I do. Comics podcast. Uh, and that's like the only other podcast I've done, so I'm like, based, I'm, I'm all new here to oh, doing this, so. I feel like all I do is talk comics, so when I'm recording it, it's just kind of business as usual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel like it's a lot of, like, I'm still in, like, talking shot mode post, like, shows as well. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm... Do you feel like you kind of have to decompress after a show? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, I feel like TCAF and VanCAF are quite, like, I did the same sort of run last year, and it's quite nice because TCAF's the big, kind of, it's big and, like, very exhausting because it's, like, so intense. And then VanCAF's just, like, a little, like, a touch less kind of exhausting and, like, a little bit, like, kind of more low-key, which is, like, a nice, it's, like, a too nice contrast to do. I think if I did, like, TCAF and then something as big as TCAF straight after, um, that would be a pretty intense run of things to go to. Right, yeah. Certainly. I, I was dying. really interested in, I was really surprised at kind of the dramatic difference between TCAP and VanCAP. Oh, yeah. Because TCAP is so unbelievably cool. Yeah, TCAP you know, is very cool. They're doing panels and bars. Yeah. You know, they're just like, um, they're just, just who is selected to be out there is very cool. Yes, um, yeah. And then Mancap, I find really fascinating in that it's not who you would find at a normal comic convention. Yeah, I've, I've never, like, I feel like the, the mixture is very interesting to mm-hmm. me. Like, there's, like, lots of, I feel like a big webcomics crowd yeah, tends certainly. to be there. Um, and, like, I feel like I'm not super into, like, it's interesting because there's, like, loads of people who I've, like, never seen before. That was uh, the smoothie maker turned on. Oh, so yes. we had to briefly, but I can't remember what I was talking about now. Van Cap, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It feels like I mean it's much more local, I think, as well. Like I think it feels like smaller, but it's gone much better. Like, oh shit! <laughs> uh, we took a we took a pause for a second, and we're yeah. back. Uh, we were just talking about about kind of what we were listening to while drawing. Yes, yeah. I, I listen to like a, a few podcasts and like music as well. Like I think music's already fun. Like sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to music. If I'm not, if I want to like hear people talking and kind of have a bit more of a background noise style thing. Does I'll... it does it uh, have much to do with the type of work you're doing? Hmm. Oh yeah, if I um, if I'm doing any writing, I can't listen to podcasts. Like if I'm writing dialogue, I have to be listening to music or just like nothing. Because oh, uh, otherwise, I just can't concentrate. Whereas like podcasts are great when I'm, especially when I'm painting and stuff. If I've got like just like a swathe of painting to do then I can sit down and I can kind of have something listening and like because I work mostly intuitively as I paint like I don't necessarily have a plan for like colors and stuff do you do underdrawings um it depends on the thing sometimes I do like with comics I almost always will have like some kind of pencil work first um and then well but I usually kind of keep it like light enough that I'm not like following absolutely you know like tracing it um, right. I kind of like it to be like oh you know this is kind of where the person is or if it's like a complex thing that they're doing I'll draw it in more detail but like a lot of the time I still want it to look kind of fluid and like I want it I want it to remain loose so I do like um, yeah sort of like a kind of loose pencil sketch and then over the top of that I'll do line um, and then just erase the pencil um, and then my pa- yeah, painting, I basically just go, that's like the most intuitive part for me. It's like I don't have much plan of like how it's going to look really until I'm actually doing it. And then... Do you feel at all that, that when you work in different media, that it, uh, do you feel like it feels like different art from you or is it? Uh, I think it's interesting. Like I think, because I think about this a lot because I uh, do like lots of different kind of, like I hop around a lot from different projects and stuff like that and I do a lot of different things. And I think it's like, it all feels, it's like all in orbit of like my art practice. Like it's all part of it. So it feels similar, but different, I guess. It's like, like it's a challenge to try something new and like to um, do something that I'm not used to doing. Um, But also I don't feel like I'm like, oh, this is just something totally divorced from all the rest of my work. Like I think all of it, um, all of it falls under kind of like, oh, you know, like if art is a practice and you're doing that all the time and you're kind of living that, then it's like everything that you then do can be like part of it. Right, certainly. Do you feel like you have to kind of negotiate your life around being an artist? I think, like, I feel like it's almost like, I feel like I'm an artist first and foremost out of, like, everything I do. So, I like, maybe it is kind of a negotiation. Like, I feel like that is, it's, like, the most important thing I feel like I'm doing when I'm doing it. Um, and so, like, yeah, a lot of what I'm doing, I'm like, well, how, I, like, I wouldn't want to... So if the cop we saw earlier was your life as an artist, it would be like a giant muscular guy and the uniform would be built around him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the <laughs> yeah. motorcycle would just be like a, a, a thing 
made to carry. Yeah, the motorcycle is just like a my my vehicle to yeah. places. And yeah, yeah, no, that's I know like, that's a good analogy. That's, but... a, that's a good metaphor. <laughs> I like I like that we're drawing in the stuff that we have seen and the tangents that we've come onto in like the yeah yeah no I say that that's true. I think that like the body of the body of my life is like art. Do you think that there's? Based. Do you think that that brings about any compromise? I think probably, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I kind of like, I'm like a bit scatty with basically everything else. Like I like kind of, like I kind of don't keep hold of anything much for long. And like, I tend to like, you know, like I've, I move around a lot and I kind of like hop around and do different things. And I like, I guess if I'm not super, super passionate about something, then I like, I'm really prone to just dropping it. You know, like, you know, if I'm doing something and I'm like, ah, oh, not 100% invested in this, then I find it like probably too easy just to quit stuff that I don't care about. Um, right, because especially with like art being like my primary thing that I like care about the most, I'm like, oh, you know, if I'm doing some shitty other job, then I find it really easy just to be like, oh, fuck it, I'll quit it. And I mean, like I did that when I came over here, I like was working in like a cafe and I was like, oh, when I go to Canada, I guess I'll quit that job and then I'll get another job when I'm back in the UK. And it's so close to how every every job I did that wasn't art was for me. It was yeah. completely disposable. Oh yeah, the like I mean I could be doing more time doing art. Yeah, it's like I mean I feel like it's like I don't necessarily like have like much like foresight, I guess. Like I'm not particularly good at thinking about like, oh you know, what's my five year plan? I don't like have much like I'm kind of more like now I need to like draw and yeah everything else that isn't drawing is kind of like can be disposable especially like works like kind of job stuff. Do you have any structure uh, or any idea about kind of what you're doing uh, work-wise in the future? Like, um oh like like in art-wise or like job-wise? Yeah, well, I always think in, in comic books yeah. uh, because it is such a kind of long, long slow process. Yeah. Sometimes it is a uh, uh, a process and it takes so long to do comics that you know what you're going to be doing in the far future. You know, yeah. What's your next several project? If you have a fun idea, then it might be something you'll know that you'll have to get to in six months. Yeah. No. Um, I feel like now I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, like spending this time kind of doing some like paintings and stuff. I have like a few ideas. Like I've got um, a couple of things I'm going to pitch to different folks, sort of, which will probably take up most of like my comic life for the next next sort of six months, eight months or whatever. So like, I don't know what I can talk about them. Like, I feel like I don't know, like, um, like there are a few things where I'm like, oh yeah, no, I kind of like it's on the cards, but like, I don't know whether I can be like, oh, this is for sure yet. Cause it's right. like not, but like, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of things wrapped up and like some comics that I'm like excited about producing and kind of like starting to, like, I always feel like summer is my time to form ideas. And then winter is when I like, like I feel like I don't know I have a very seasonal kind of brain like and maybe it works with like the whole changeable thing where it's I'm like, like a Beatrix Potter like kind of burrowing into the yeah. ground to get the work done yeah well I feel like in I mean I'm like I get super seasonal effective kind of disorder stuff and so I just get really sad in the winter so like comics is like my what basically like drives me through any winter time is like oh if I'm got stuff to work on then I have like things to just like plant through. So you don't have any joy about about winter? Not really. No. <laughs> I'm not like I like the sun. I like um, being outside and like I feel like I'm much more inclined to see friends as well in the summertime and like actually socialize and stuff. I have Whereas some horrible the... thing. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Uh, I have some horrible thing that if I'm if the weather is bad, I'm really like, oh, like, oh fantastic, this is good for growing weather. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, I can draw, like, because I draw anywhere, I, but I draw in very different, I think that's the thing, I draw in different ways in the summer and the winter, like, I think my summer stuff is always, like, more, it feels, like, more vivid to me, and, like, more kind of, I guess, like, more just a summer vibe, like, kind of, like, oh, everything's, like, sweaty, and, like, uh, intense, and, like, kind of, like, a whirlwind, and that's how I want to sort of and you know like I draw like that in the summer and I feel in the winter I'm always kind of trying to chase that I think like a lot of my like paintings I'll draw because I'm like thinking about the summer or I'm like oh you know I need to somehow like have that vibe in my mind still when I'm doing stuff um, huh. yeah I like the idea of seasonal art do you, mm. do you think that um, do you think that earlier on you had a different impression about what it would be like to be 
professional artist? Yeah, I think so. Like, um, well, I think when I was like, when I first like started thinking about it as like a career kind of thing, I was like 18. So I basically didn't have any idea about how anything worked. I was just like, no, fuck it. I'm going to just draw. And I'm sure at some point, like things will kind of, you know, like I kind of had ideas, but I didn't necessarily, I didn't know anything about like freelance work and I didn't really, I didn't have a good vision of what that would be like as a day-to-day kind of thing, like being a working artist. Um, whereas now I think like, uh, like I'm 24 now, so like I'm starting, you know, like I'm just about, like I feel like I'm starting to actually get into the rhythm of like how that works and what that means and like the compromises I have to make and the good and the bad about that, I think. Has anything about it surprised you? Um, I think, I mean, I think it's all been like fairly like positive kind of thing. Like I think, I mean, like I was surprised by like how much like travel I get to do and stuff and like being able to like I feel like I know so many people from like all over um, and that's been like just the coolest thing like I mean I guess the internet facilitates that as well but like uh, yeah just being able to suddenly realize that you like meeting so many like-minded people who like kind of like are on the same wavelength as you I think is like something that I like really value about being an artist that I kind of, I just don't think I've even thought about there being like a community aspect to it so much. So has is, is art almost become, do you think of it as a social thing? Um, yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, I think of it as, it's weird because I think of like my practice as like my personal thing, but I think of like the scene in itself as like, I mean, I'm a pretty social person. So um, yeah, like going to shows and stuff, I'm always there like for the party as well. Like, you know, right. I'm there to sort of do the thing, but I love seeing people and catching up and, you know, I mean, that's kind of, like, I was able to take some time out to hang out in Vancouver for a bit, and that was kind of, like, one of the reasons. I was like, oh, yeah, I can, like, catch up and spend a little couple of weeks just kind of on holiday, essentially. Um, Yeah, and so that, for me, like, that's important as well. And I think that that, like, it can help. I think having, like, a kind of rich social life and sort of being able to talk to people and stuff, I think it improves your art, and also it means that you're open to, like, collaboration with people, and you can kind of find people who like yeah are on the same page and who can kind of like feed into what you do as well right certainly and i often feel like there's a sometimes a conversation in in comics specifically Mm -hmm. about how much like how much page how many pages you do this week how many and it and i like the idea of it being actually being something that is part of your social life and is part of you having a rich full life not just you being some kind of workhorse that has your head down all the time. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's, like, I think that working hard, like, for me, I like, I love to work hard on comics and that kind of thing, but also I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to just be, like, locked in a room all day, never seeing anyone, never do, you know, kind of, like, just existing only to uh, do that. Like, I think it's important right. to, like, or at least for me, it's important to sort of also have, like, your life inform how that how your work is like what your work is and to yeah have like peers as well mm. and to be able to yeah to talk about what you're working on and like I mean comic shows are always really good for that because you can like a lot of the conversations like I'll say you know what are you doing these days or whatever and Certainly. I think even like I think even when people are like worried that they're not doing very much like I always find it super interesting to hear even if they're like oh no I've barely done anything this year I wonder year. if anyone feels that they've done enough or too much I think, I think it's just a cartoonist thing that no one feels like they've done enough <laughs> I feel like everyone's always like oh god no like what, what's like what's gonna happen you know I haven't done I could have done this but it's way better like, I do the same with like, right. my comics as well like whenever I do it I'm like oh shit it's shit it could have been way better um, and it usually takes me like six months to actually like my work after I've done it like oh interesting yeah so like most of my comics I'm like I can't read them for like a good six months and then I like go back and I'm like oh this is pretty good actually maybe it was actually fine um, it just... <laughs> does, it, does it still feel like your work at that point yeah I think yeah I think it does um, I think it's a little bit I think maybe it's just a case of like not looking at it all the time like how I will be doing when I'm working on it like I'll keep on going back and sort of checking it out um, and so I think often I need like that kind of separation break to then be able to like look at it um kind of with a bit more fresh um, eyes and stuff instead of just being like oh yeah this is um, fine and um, yeah and so you know like kind of without like being super critiquey about it uh, yeah so um, 
I think that that's important to me. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe most people, I don't know whether most cartoonists do that. Like, I always assume that, like, most people, like, look at their work and immediately hate it, but probably that's not true. <laughs> it's, it's probably, probably just a, me. a whole spectrum of people yeah. that love things they should be hating and, and are super self-judgmental on yeah yeah i try like i think that there's like a balance because i try not to be like so judgmental about my work that then i don't show it to anyone because i think that that's where it can kind of it can be more of like a sort of toxic thing i think if you're like oh this is so terrible i can never like release this whereas i feel like in some ways i'm like well even if it's terrible i kind of want to somehow like publicly fail it's almost like oh shit well i gotta put this out there now because it's like it's almost like a a way of being honest it's like well I drew this thing that I don't particularly like but I did it and then from there I will get better like I feel like every comic equips you better to draw the next comic I like that it does feel very honest to mm. to put out things regardless just be like this is what I did and this is how it looks and yeah, yeah it's nice because it hopefully it humanizes the work I think so like I try and work on that a lot like I want my work to be like human and I want it to be honest and I think, like, in, ge- in general, I think I'm not, like, a super, like, not, I'm not, like, a dishonest person, but I think I find it hard to, like, express things sometimes, and so art is a very, I mean, you know, like, everyone's always like, oh, that's, it's good for self-expression, I think that's true with me as well, I think, you know, it's a, it's a way of practicing. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, yeah, well, I think we're, I think we're going to continue this with a part two at a certain point. Yes. But uh, thank you for listening to us in our in our coffee shop uh, <laughs> conversation. All like tangent fest. It was great. Yes. Yeah, I had a lovely time. I did as well. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah.